Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Welcome everyone to episode 25 of your favorite podcast about all things elite. Welcome to all things elite. I am your host Floyd Johnson and with me uh, to, with me today as she is every other week is my good friend and co-host Amy Oiler or Amy O as she likes to be called on the world. How are you doing Amy? I'm doing wonderful. How are you Floyd? I am great. Uh, this has been a good week. Yesterday, three weeks of being married. I know people get probably to get tired of hearing talking about that, so I won't talk about it a whole bunch. But it's all good in the hood over here, and uh, football has started, and so my life is good because there is a couple of religions when you're from Oklahoma. Uh, there's Christianity, and then there's football. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So. Awesome. So you're diving right in and getting ready for football season, huh? I am. And it's weird because, you know, the first show, uh, well, not the first show, the, the what is it, uh, All Out in Chicago. That night is uh, August, August 31st at 7 p.m. It's actually the first time in my life I've actually had to choose between wrestling and football. Oh, I, I'm a man. die. I'm a diehard Florida State fan, booster, and all that good stuff. And their first game was in Jack is in Jacksonville, <laughs> which is hilarious. Their first game <laughs> is in Jacksonville at 7 p.m. against Boise State. So it it, it wasn't just hey, you can't be in two places at uh, in the same day. You can't be in two places at the same time because the game starts to the minute. At the same time as All Out, so oh I, man, choices. And, and choices. So, so I actually had tickets to that game, and then they wow. announced All Out in Chicago. And since I went to All In, I just I made a decision that I really do want to be in every show that they do in the Sears Center. So I made a choice 
to sell my Florida State tickets to go to wrestling. I feel See, like a, that is a top fan right there. Like f- that's legit, dude. <laughs> yes, it makes me a really awesome fan of AEW, but I feel like a really shitty fan of Florida State. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, though. I'm sure that you will make it up to Florida State. And, you know, there's the Jacksonville Jaguars, too. Like, there's tons of football action in Florida. Yes. You can make it up. <laughs> yes. I was like, is, is it so funny? Because I mean, everyone's like, man, you're a true AEW fan. But I was like, uh, uh, yeah, that's it. I am. I am. I want to be there. And it was funny. Um, I even said I, I had made the decision to go to the football game. I was like, I'm going to go to the football game. Well, I was in Memorial Day weekend, you know, I was meeting up with, you know, doing all my meet and greets, and I met with Cody. He said, you're going to be in Chicago, right? Yep, and that changed. I was like, yes, I'm going to be in Chicago. (laughs) Well, at that point, you told Cody Rhodes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. And and it was just like in the moment. I I was literally going to tell him about my football game, but I just like the first thing to pop in mind, yeah, I'll be there. And then after I said that, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll be there. And I called up my brother, who who's a big Florida State fan with me, and he was like, yeah, I want to go to I – mean, he's like, I've never been to Chicago. I want to go to Chicago. And I was like, okay, that made it really easy because <laughs> oh I thought I was, was going to disappoint my brother by saying, hey, you oh, know wow. the pl- game we were planning to go to? We're going to this one now. And he's like, no, I want to go there. So, And I get to meet all my wrestling friends, get to meet my brother – who I I honestly say his name's Kenneth. He is completely responsible for me being a f- uh, the person I am and a wrestling fan. So, oh, that's wonderful. Well, it'll be really great to meet him in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking I was like, dude, my two worlds get to meet yet again, and so that'll be cool. Uh, but let's get this started. I want to start the show by reminding you. This episode of All Things Elite, all episodes on the Social Suplex Podcast Network are brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV is where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe onto your laptop and mobile devices. If you use the code Social Suplex, you get the first month free to you, Amy. All right. So, of course, we are super excited for All Out in Chicago. But AEW has had some big news this week outside of Chicago. They just had their tickets go on sale for their first show in Washington, D.C. at the Capital One Arena. They sold out quickly. There were varying reports on the time that they were sold out and some people said that they sold out within 15 minutes other people said that it was sold out within a couple of hours all i'm gonna say is that we were on the website as soon as tickets went on sale we were trying for 40 minutes straight several browsers open several devices we could not get tickets that's okay though because there will be plenty of other opportunities to watch aew on tnt live and in the audience That said, I am so excited that they sold out this show. That's a huge landmark show for them. Of course, Double or Nothing was as well. But to have their first TV show sell out, they're going to start off on TNT with a packed house full of passionate, excited fans that are absolutely in on AEW. And that is going to be absolutely exciting. 
Floyd, did you get tickets to Washington, D.C.? Will you be there with AEW on TNT for their first show? Painstakingly, I did. Uh, I had to rely on the AEW fam, the hashtag AEW fam, as we call them. I was uh, trying to get tickets, of course. I was trying to get a ticket. I literally thought I was going to have the easiest time because I only wanted one ticket, and I really didn't care where it was. So... Generally, when you're trying to buy one ticket, you have an easier time than when you're trying to, when people trying to buy two, three, and four. I didn't care who I sat by, just wanted one ticket. I did not get, I never got through. Well, the AEW fam, I was talking to Tiffany, and she's like, hey, my friend has these tickets. And uh, she's like, she has two. I was like, I'll take them. And and then uh, it was funny because I said, I'll take them. And I was like, so where are they and how much does she want for them? Cause I didn't even know that, but I was, I was like, I, I'm going, you know, I was like, I, I'm going, so I don't care. So she, uh, she was great. Charged me face value, bought both tickets. So now I have two tickets and I only needed one. So my friend Josh, who I went to WrestleMania with, we, we've been to a lot of wrestling things. He lives a hour, a couple hours outside of DC. And I remembered that. So I was like, Hey dude, want to roll with me? And he's like, yeah. So we're going, he's going to the show with me. That is fantastic. And also, I want to give a shout out here to our hashtag AEW fam because this group is the best group of AEW wrestling fans out there. And it really does feel like the entire fan base is this tight knit community. But specifically, I want to shout out to those who sell tickets at face value because, man, when you're sitting there refreshing, on Ticketmaster or whatever ticket outlet, and you're just watching your chances dwindle until you're just out of luck, those StubHub prices get so inflated and so ridiculous. It can, it can be very disheartening when you want to see something and support something as much as we do AEW. So for the people who have extra tickets and they end up going face value, that is just amazing and good on you because you are a part of the people that make this community what it is, which is an awesome AEW fan. Yes, and I, I, I want to uh, definitely, I was pulling up the account so I could actually shout her out uh, because the reason I say that is because she had two tickets. It was pretty much announced sold out. She could have went conservative and doubled the price, and that probably ticket probably would have sold in a few seconds. Like, if she just didn't go crazy... Uh, she's all elite Sosi, all elite Sosi. That's her name on Twitter. And she, she hooked it at, at, at S O C Y D. She hooked, uh, she, she hooked, uh, she hooked me up and I was like, I was really, uh, all about that. She was awesome that, uh, she showed it to me for face value. Like, I, like I said, you know, I've definitely sold tickets for face value. I take people with me all the time. But it's just not everyone's like that, and and she definitely didn't have to do it. Absolutely. Well, dude, shout out to All Elite Sosie and Tiffany for making that connection happen. We've done that as well for Double or Nothing. It's something where, you know, again, this is a community. This is a community of people, a community of fans, and everybody is in it to see AEW succeed and to support them and to get to experience these sort of events together. And I really do think that, you know, with AEW's first show, their first show on TNT is going to be one of those experiences that you'll remember forever. And it's also great that we keep saying that double or nothing was the same way. All in was the same way. All out will be the same way. 
it's really great that AEW has these experience shows and these wonderful fans that are in the spirit of it all together. Yes, and I just want to throw out here, because I'm really horrible about giving our Twitter at times, but it's at AT Elite Pod. If you are selling tickets and you're selling them at face value, please tag at AT Elite Pod in them. I will then retweet it, share it, to get as get it out to as many people as possible, I will actually even tag other elite podcasts out there because this uh, AEW fam is really tight. And I guarantee you, if you are trying to be fair and selling your stuff at face value, you will sell the ticket fairly quick because all the tickets are hot. You know, the ticket is hot and it is fair. Just don't be trying to scam people through the page. That's all I have to say. Don't do oh, it. absolutely, dude. Just mm-hmm. spread the love and be fair, and we will shout you out. And of course, spread the word because we want people who love AEW in those seats, and this fam is awesome. Yes. That said, man, we've got more TNT tapings that were announced this week. So they have their first taping that's in Washington, D.C. at the Capital One Arena. And their second and third weeks are going to be at the. I'm going, by the way. I don't know how to pronounce these arena names, so if I butcher them, my apologies. (laughs) So we have October 2nd at the Agonis Arena in Boston, Massachusetts, and that's going to be October 2nd. October 9th at the Lyacorus Center in Philadelphia. I'm pretty sure I got the name of that wrong, but it sounds like a dinosaur, so I am sticking with it in honor of Luchasaurus. (laughs) Lyocorus. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets for these shows will officially go on sale for episodes two and three next Friday, August 16th at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific at AEWTix.com. That's AEWTIX.com. Now, the great thing about these shows is that tickets range from about $20 to $90. That to me is crazy, especially because these shows are taking place in wrestling hub cities. These are places where people are going to go to these shows. You've got diehard wrestling fans excited to see AEW. They're on the East Coast. I feel like this is a really brilliant move on AEW's part, not only having their first tour be something on the East Coast in these wrestling active cities, but also in pricing their tickets at such affordable rates that people, no matter what seat you get, it's not going to be a bad seat. You're going to have a great time, and it's going to be affordable enough for you to go. Yes, I think the most important thing is not in these is not making money. I mean, they're going to try to make some money or whatever they can, but because of this new TV deal, they realize they have a three-year deal, They have three years to make the show as popular and as exciting as possible, you know, to try to get a good, you know, a licensing rights deal, which is the goal. The reason I bring that up is because TV and wrestling is one of those things that it's just better when the crowd is amazing. So you can take an average show, put a hot crowd in front of it, and people will talk about it like it's a show of the year. If you ever go back and watch Attitude Era shows, some of the shows aren't very good. But because the fans react to everything, it seems amazing. Absolutely. Passionate fans make a passionate show. I mean, that's one of those things where you feel the energy. It's so exciting. Not only just being there in the crowd physically and in person, but if you're not there, 
hearing that energy from the crowd just radiates everywhere because you can feel that excitement. You can feel that passion. You can feel the thrill of what's happening in the ring magnified by how people are reacting to it in the crowd. And when you've got a passionate wrestling fan base like AEW has, and you're making these calls to go into, you know, die hard wrestling territory areas, that's brilliant. I can't wait to see where they go. And I keep saying that I, I want them to come my way. I want them to come to Phoenix. Phoenix isn't a huge wrestling city. There's no reason for them to come here, but it would be awesome if they did. And if not, you know, SoCal is not that far away. I will absolutely hop on a plane <laughs> to go to L.A. or San Diego or wherever it is they go. I'm just excited to see where they stop in their first year. I love that they're going to be a touring show. I love that they're going to give fans all around the country an opportunity to see them. And I also love that they're not leaving other places out either. They've already been talking about wanting to hit up the UK because fans in the UK are wanting to see them. So who knows where they're going to end up going? Yes, I, I completely agree. Uh, you know, Toronto's hosting SummerSlam this week. They're always been a hot wrestling bed. And that's what I'm like. And it's unlike WWE. And I and this is not a negative towards WWE. For once, I'm bringing up WWE in a very positive light. A lot of times, you, people in New York know WWE is going to come through every three months, right? Right. So if he comes through in April and you can't go, they'll be back in July. You know what I mean? And that's you know it's it's great because WWE is that homegrown. It's Coke. You know it's coming back. Well, with AEW. They're new to all of these markets, right? So, mm -hmm. and because the tickets sell so hot, like, so when they do go to New York, it's going to be like, okay, I got to get a ticket. I don't know that they're going to be back in three months. I mean, it's something that you have to fight when you're any type of company like that, where, it, you know, Cirque du Soleil, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, what am I thinking about? Trans-Siberian Orchestra. When you know they're coming back every year, it's not, you don't have that sense of urgency. Right now, AEW does have that amazing sense of urgency going, where it's like, if you don't get a ticket right now, you might not be able to. Well, also because their shows are going to sell out so fast. That yeah. You're like, okay, yeah. I got to oh, yeah. be there as soon as they go. <laughs> yeah, because that's my New York's my New York is absolutely my guess for week four. It is definitely my guess for week four. And I think, yeah, I think it'll sell out in I think it'll sell out like in minutes, like less than 30 minutes. I wonder, do you think that they might hit up Madison Square Garden? I think they're going to save that for a pay-per-view. Personally, that would make uh, sense. Yeah, I think it might be Hammerstein Ballroom. That would be or, so great. Or, or yeah, something smaller like that. I mean, it'd be cool. It'd be cool if they did Madison Square Garden. But yeah, if they do, when they do Madison Square Garden, hopefully it's next year. I plan to be there. But I don't like I said. Uh, the TV taping is the last time I'm really flying to anything. But if they come to the midwest i'm in oklahoma so if they come to the midwest they hit dallas houston kansas city st louis in that anywhere i can get within six to seven hours that's what i'll go to but yeah i'm pretty much i'm done for the year <laughs> i think so too i think after all out unless something major pops up you know and again we've got the rest of the year you know not factoring in christmas because i think they're taking christmas off but regardless there's a lot of of opportunities to you know, see where they pop up and see what's in store. I guess I probably could have gone to Mexico, yes. <laughs> but Mexico City is still a bit far. But speaking of Mexico, 
let's talk Triple Mania. So Triple Mania is Triple A's WrestleMania. It's in Mexico City, and the crowd is just this insane, rowdy, hilarious, interactive, sometimes weird, <laughs> rambunctious crowd. Um, it has its high points, which is it's just a blast to watch. I'm not super familiar of, with AAA. I've watched two of their shows so far, and both of them were because you know Cody was in them, and this one was because um, Kenny and the Bucks were in it. So I was really excited to see them in Mexico in this um, sort of crowd and in this different place. It was a lot of fun. There is a character on there called Big Mommy who uh, has a partner who's called Hamburger Boy. And they're like in this love triangle with some lady named Lady Maria. <laughs> like It's just it's crazy. It's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I love that they have a mixed tag team championship. Yes. Yes. It's that's really cool yeah uh, I, I do love that i did not get to watch the show i'm going to be 100 percent transparent uh all you hardcore wrestling fans that have to listen to this i have uh got hit with this disease called wrestling fatigue uh <laughs> it happens around g1 time uh, you're trying to get ready for SummerSlam, so you're trying to make sure you watch all the WWE shows. You're trying to make sure you watch all the G1 shows, you know, and then people are like, well, this really good show happened, and I'm just like, no, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna, um, uh, I'm gonna, um, binge Veronica Mars. And then they're like, yeah, and I was like, I just need something. I like, I love all sorts of entertainment. I love wrestling, but wrestling is not the only form of entertainment I like. So it's like, I have TV shows I want to keep up with and stuff. And it's just like, sometimes you're like, I'm in it. I like, this happened on one night of like night 11 of G1. I seriously on my computer screen, staring at it for an hour and a half. And I promise you, I couldn't tell you anything that happened. Yeah, G1 season is work, man. It yeah. is work to watch it all. Yes, yeah, so I actually had to literally, I rewound it about an hour. I rewound it. It was like, okay, I used the word rewind, but I went back in the video, and, and then I watched it again, and I actually paid attention. But I was like, seriously, if you were someone five feet away from me and were looking at me, you would swear I was watching the G1. But I wasn't. I was just kind of zoned out staring at the screen and stuff happened and i was like i don't know i don't know what happened on this show and i i went back and i was like okay 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 that happened i can't believe i missed that yeah. so yeah no but yes yeah the fatigue hit me if fatigue hits me it, and it's funny because i'll be watching wrestling i'll be bringing up old wrestling watching all those things and you think floyd can't get tired of watching wrestling and then it'll hit me hard the wrestling fatigue will hit me hard, and that's what happened. So I will definitely watch Triple Mania, and I will watch it probably when it's old and everyone knows what happens. Because I definitely want to. I try to watch all Cody's matches. Uh, period. So I will definitely watch Triple Mania. It's not something that's going to happen in the next week or so because, as I say, I am wrestling fatigue. This is going to, even though it's not AEW, it's going to be a super busy wrestling weekend this weekend. Dude, we got the G1 Finals this weekend. G1 Finals, NXT TakeOver, SummerSlam, ROH's, ROH's uh, whatever, Super Summer Showdown is on right now, I believe. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, so it's like, 
yeah, unfortunately, ROH has been the victim of this uh, wrestling overload. I I just don't really keep up with the product. And it's funny because I love Matt Taven. I love Matt Taven. I really do. I dig his character and everything about him. Love Matt Taven, but generally not enough on the rest of the show to keep me watching. And like I say, I know we're here to talk about all things elite. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say but I'm just saying. August, I mean July and August, since I became a New Japan fan, is like it used to be my dead period because it was like a month before it was a month before college football started and it was like this get gap between shows that matter and we were like okay money in the bank you had this gap between money in the bank and SummerSlam and there was nothing really on now it's like good lord so much wrestling so much wrestling I will say that I'm right there with you I love New Japan and for me all I've been watching is New Japan. Like, I know that SummerSlam is happening this weekend. And I, there's the beauty of, of the fact that there's so much wrestling in the world is that you get to pick and choose the stuff, especially when there's so much to watch that really makes you happy to watch it. And for me, that's New Japan right now and AEW and NXT. Um, but New Japan is so busy with the G1 right now. Uh, we're hitting up in the finals and there is an Okada Sonata match that I know was really good. It was really good. The tension builds up and you're on the edge of your seat. And it's awesome. I've missed that match. Last year, I missed Ishii and Goto, which was on everybody's list as being a top match of the year. And that was the one I missed. Sonata and Okada will be the one that I had missed this year. And I know that it kind of feels like a betrayal to say that, you know what, I'm okay with missing it, but man, I've got the finals this weekend. I've still got to catch up on the rest of the last time, last show. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just treading water. <laughs> yes, and it's funny because they have so many of my favorite wrestlers. I've enjoyed all of Moxley's matches. I've enjoyed all Ishii's matches. Juice is moving up slowly on my list. And that's the thing with New Japan. I, I have a hard time picking a favorite wrestler in New Japan because I love everyone. And it, it is like it's so indecisive. Shingo Takagi is just like watching magical unicorn guy. I just like he's just so <laughs> tough looking. <laughs> it was like I, it was like one of those things. I believe everything he's doing. I could talk positive about literally everyone, including Yano, who I freaking love. And it's the greatest time ever. But it gets to you. You're like I look forward to the Yano match to kind of break up the excellent match. It's like. Yes. I don't know how many meat eaters we have out here, but you can have the best cut of steak ever. You don't want it every day, three times a day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The matches are great. I will say, you know, a, a great way to sort of talk about both AEW and the G1 is that last year, my favorite matches, a lot of them, were with Kenny Omega. Because Kenny Omega, of course, you know, as we've talked about, has this crazy varied style, this explosive energy. And for me this year, that's been John Moxley. Ishii is my personal MVP for the G1 because he can have a great match with anyone. But honestly, John Moxley is to me Kenny Omega in New Japan in this year's G1. He has had an incredible match with every single person on the roster. He has adapted his style to every single person on that roster. He has had a slugfest 
with Ishii. He had a slugfest with Goto. He had a Yano match with Yano. <laughs> he played to Naito's strengths and his character work and had a great match with Naito, with Jay White. He has really shown as this huge presence both in his ring work and in his character work and in his adaptability and with Shota Umino, who is the young lion, who is uh, Red Shoes, the referee. So it has been incredible watching John Moxley in New Japan. And I didn't know or expect that I would feel this excited and passionate about Dean Ambrose. <laughs> but John Moxley is incredible. And so having someone who sort of lights that fire of intrigue and excitement is really fun and a joy to see. And to tie that back to Kenny Omega, that was what I saw in triple mania in Mexico city. It was awesome seeing Kenny Omega because it felt like, I don't know, you've got this big arena, you've got the dark lighting, you've got the bright blue lights and you see Kenny Omega come out. It's his first time ever wrestling in Mexico and he walks down the ramp and you've suddenly got big show Kenny Omega. You've got Tokyo Dome Kenny Omega energy and it felt so good to see that Kenny Omega because we've seen Kenny in AEW shows of course but there hasn't been that this is Kenny Omega and oh my god we got to see that at Triple Mania. We got to see this big energy Kenny Omega. We got to see this crazy style like you know he's flying around because he's in mexico there with triple a this is all luchador wrestling so he's flying around he's doing spots with the young bucks he's also staring down pentagon which was a huge callback to their match that they had together at all in and that made me want to see a rematch between the two of them so badly but they're actually setting up a match, I think, between him and Ray Phoenix because during this match, he ended up having an interaction with Ray Phoenix where he tried to take his mask off. He actually got it off, put Ray Phoenix's mask on himself before going back to try to bring Ray Phoenix down before he got tackled by everyone else. That match was so good and so fun and so invigorating to see. If you go to watch the Triple Mania match, you should absolutely watch, you know, Triple Mania itself. It was a lot of fun. Cody's match was a lot of fun. The main event was a lot of fun. But this match was my favorite. And I cannot wait to see more of Kenny Omega interacting with Ray Phoenix and with Pentagon Jr. I need more of them in my life. Yes, uh, I've actually, and it was funny because I actually heard varying reports on this. Of course, I knew to come to you because you see the world like I see the world through rainbow colored glasses, and that <laughs> uh, that's that's what works for me. I know a lot of people that are hardcore wrestling fans. A lot of people that do podcasts and work on podcast networks have seen the Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks wrestle a hundred and seventy-five thousand times. Apparently, I have not. It is not old to me. It is something I still enjoy. And to those people, I always say, it's like, maybe you watch too much wrestling. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's it's weird to say that. But, like, me and someone will tell me, like, Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix, they uh, had a great match at NEW, right? Northeast Wrestling. And everybody's like, man, it was like five stars. Go watch it. And I'm like, no. Why? They're both signed with AEW. I'll just wait till it's on AEW. 
Why would I go back? And I'm like, now it'll be new to me. It'll be fresh. I'll be excited. That's why you'll hear me say this. Like, even when I hear about a new wrestler, I won't run back and watch all their matches. Because I don't want to be tired of them before I see them. Well, so an argument in favor of this, if you had people going, all right, here's John Moxley. Dude, you got to go see his matches as Dean Ambrose. Um. Yeah, they, okay. yeah, they weren't very good. <laughs> w matches apparently where he was John Moxley, but you know, people adapt and people evolve, and I think that there's something to be said for watching and enjoying and appreciating something through new eyes. I mean, sure, it may not be the most seasoned wrestling fan credibility, but I watch wrestling because I want to enjoy it. I watch wrestling because I want to love it. I watch wrestling because I want to be completely blown away by the jaw-dropping action that's happening in front of me, whether that's in incredible feats of athleticism, whether that's in an emotionally compelling storyline, whether it's just in a character that looks cool as hell walking down the ramp. I want to be blown away in the experience of watching wrestling, and sometimes that just comes from seeing something for the first time seeing Kenny Omega in Mexico for the first time seeing Will Ospreay in the best of the super junior finals or up against Okada you know seeing these things through new eyes or fresh eyes and then just being blown away for, by it I think that's awesome and especially if you get to see that you know through the lens of attending a show with AEW live like if it's going to be at all out or if it's going to be at AEW on TNT or experiencing it vicariously through the thrill of the crowd I think that's going to be awesome. I think it's a great way to look at it. Yes, because I, like I said, we are very much a fan podcast. We are fans that watch wrestling and then talk about it every week. And we talk about the elite and we talk about the shows that we watch because we like them. And that's what I'm like. I don't, I'm not Dave Meltzer. I, I mean, I've watched wrestling a long time. You know, some people may consider me an expert, but I don't try to be that. I just want to, I watch wrestling because I enjoy it. And I talk about wrestling because I enjoy it. If I don't enjoy wrestling anymore, I'm going to quit talking about it. So when you get on this, you know, when you hear this show, you're like, you're not hearing super experts. You're just hearing passionate fans talk about something that they love. And and maybe sometimes how it could be better. (laughs) You know, sometimes, (laughs) you know, sometimes how it could be worse. But we know I will definitely geek out when I love something. So, yeah, I've heard this match. Like I said, I've heard the scales on that uh, six man tag. I've heard that it was complete crap. I heard it was like the greatest (sighs) match ever. So it's like um, I I have never seen a match that included the Young Bucks and on their own, like just say the Young Bucks and anybody, I've always enjoyed their match. Kenny Omega and anybody, I've always enjoyed their match. Now you look at the other side, the Lucha Bros, even if they're wrestling each other, I've always enjoyed their match. So it was hard for me to believe that this six-man tag would have been something I didn't enjoy. Oh, it was so fun. I will say this, like as far as rating it or comparing it, if I wanted to go and pull this match out of the situation that it occurred in and try to compare it with, say, the Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks, you know, those are those are completely different matches and they're different contexts that were surrounding it. I really loved this match. I thought it was a perfect match to happen within triple A's triple mania. I will say one of the things we were talking earlier about how a crowd makes a match. 
Mexico's crowds don't really care about the elite like at all. So when Cody Rhodes comes out, for instance, we mark the hell out. We lose our minds. When Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks come out, we mark the hell out. We lose our minds. I was losing my mind just at the entrance on my living room on the couch. Mexico, quiet. They love their home team. They love their luchadors. Maybe they don't really care for these other dudes coming in and, and, you know, encroaching on their territory. I don't know what the situation is because I've only just started watching AAA and I've only seen a couple of shows. So I'm not even going to pretend to understand the nuances or the cultural dynamics or whatever. But the crowd will have an impact on the match. If that's the case, the crowd wasn't that super into it. If this was a match that happened in the U.S., we would have all lost our minds. But that's okay. I loved this match. I loved the match in the situation that it occurred in. And, you know, if there are plenty of other people who will break it out of the box and compare it on a timeline of Young Bucks and Kenny Omega matches, I'm just going to say I loved the hell out of it. Yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, I I mean, not saying I loved it. I'm just saying I don't see... I don't see myself not enjoying it just because, like I said, I will watch it. I will definitely watch it later. But I, a lot of stuff I'm t- referring to, I'm just talking about what other people have said about the match. But, um, yeah, so uh, I pretty much that's pretty much all I can say about a match that I didn't see. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely fair. Well, I don't know what Dave Meltzer rated it, and I'm sure that, you know, there are lots of opinions on it. And that's great because the more people talking about wrestling and adding their flavor to it, the better. Yes. That's awesome. Yes, and I don't want to do everything I can to support AAA, especially when they have matches as a partner of AEW. Uh, it's going to be something I watch. I'm, I feel the same way about OWE. They have uh, um, they have a f- couple shows in Toronto, and they're doing a couple shows this weekend. I have not watched those. I plan on watching them. But I'm going to have to wait until the wrestling stream of knowledge, the stream dies down a little bit. Like I said, in about a week, we'll, G1 will be over. And, you know, it'll have those empty nights. And I'll be like, okay, let's go watch Triple Mania. And I'll probably tweet about it on AEW, uh, I mean, on our All Elite uh, page. And then I'll go back and watch the OWE and I'll tweet about that. It's just... I, I like. I want to give it a fair shot. If I don't feel like watching it and I watch it, it's not going to be good to me. Oh, absolutely. Hey, also, speaking of wrestling overload, huh. I am super excited about this, so I'm just going to shout this out. This has nothing to do with AEW, by the way. But Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, Netflix's show about women's wrestling based on the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling that happened way back when – is premiering it's season three should be out today so as soon as we get done recording i'm actually gonna binge the heck out of that show <laughs> in my wrestling yeah, overload yeah, yeah, yes. because i love that show so um i know that we have women of wrestling and actually Access. it does have something to do with aew our, 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 um, uh, awesome yes. Kong. Yes. Kong is yes, <laughs> yes she oh, is welfare yeah. queen on the yes. show. So make sure you watch our a uh, watch uh, our AEW roster member Awesome Kong on Hell that yeah. show. See, yeah, see, there we can talk. We tied it in. Yeah, tied it awesome in. Kong and welfare queen <laughs> is one of my favorite characters on the entire show. She's amazing. So season three, 
premieres today. It's released. Go binge it. Go see what the gorgeous ladies of wrestling are up to as they head up Las Vegas and sit yourself down for a good time with Awesome Kong. There yes. we go. Yes, I binged the show, this old Amazon, it, and I say old, it came out in 2013. It was an Amazon original called Betas. And like one of their episodes is about wrestling. And I it was I, I actually messaged Tiffany about this because I thought it was so funny. Uh, the the show they have an episode that a billionaire wants to take this little company national and go up against Vince McMahon. The uh, the wrestling company he's taking over is called AWE. Oh my god. It is so hilarious. The wrestling company is called AWE. And it's basically, uh, in, in, in all essence, it's PWG. Because they're uh, the show's based in San Francisco, so you know it's 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 a California-based wrestling company. It's PWG because the Bucks were on there. I think I, I saw Willie Mack. Uh, he was wrestling Brian Kendrick, uh, the ref, the the California ref. I think it's like Brian's the one that's already on BTE. Uh, he he was on the show. There was like a bunch of different wrestlers on the show, and it was it was so cool. Now, like I said, the Young Bucks were on there, so definitely AEW related or uh, in the Elite Universe. Uh, so if you ever get really really bored, I'm not saying this is much see, but if you ever get bored and you don't have anything to watch, they only had one season and it got canceled. But yeah, watch Betas on Amazon. I saw this week and it was like the fact that the show was called AWE. <laughs> And I was like, didn't Matt and Nick say when I think it was on an old being the elite episode where they were talking about the sort of like how AEW came together and they were bouncing around the name AWE. And I was laughing because of the similarity with WWE, but that must have been where that came from because they talked about that as being an idea for a name. Yes. I'm like, man, I just I was like when I saw it, I was like, this is so weird because it's like. This, we're living what this guy was trying to do now. And, and, of course, awkward. the billionaire is played by Ed Bagley Jr., who is a brilliant actor. Love him. Uh, so, yeah, he, he just plays everything with such, you know, a quirkiness. And it was just like, yeah, this is not Tony Khan. <laughs> it's definitely not Tony <laughs> Khan. But, uh, yeah, it was just weird because it was like, you know how they say the Simpsons tell the future and they have like episodes where I think it was like the Simpsons said Donald Trump was going to be president. That's oh, kind of how I felt about this show. <laughs> it was like th- they told the future because, you know, uh, you got to be real. You know, every major company, Target, Walmart, uh, Sprouts and uh, Sprouts and Whole Foods, every company, once you become successful, st- there is generally a major competition next to it. And then WWE ran unopposed for a very, very long time. You knew someone was going to do it eventually. Oh, man. And it's going to be so exciting to see yeah. how this plays out, dude. Yes. And we, you know, we were definitely on the ground floor of it. And I, I do love that. And I love watching this grow so much, so much every day with every announcement, everything that they do. I just, I've been loving watching this grow. Um, but Cody had a match at Triple Mania. I did not watch it, which is shocking. I feel like I betrayed Cody. <laughs> uh, but he teamed. And it was funny. I heard this on another podcast. So I'm just going to say. They they were like they said Psycho Clown, Cody Rhodes, and Cain Velasquez is the most random select 
wrestler <laughs> <laughs> that's a random it's like you're playing a game you just press random select because yeah. the three have nothing to do with each other i mean psycho clown is basically the austin of mexico you know he's super over and then and i guess they wrestled los mercenarios tejano jr tars and one of my favorite wrestlers in the world i hope he is in AEW sooner rather than later. Killer Cross. Uh, you, uh, I've actually tweeted that from our page. I am not what you would call a super everybody should come to AEW person. I'm really not. I'm very selective. But Killer Cross is... Killer Cross, when he steps in the room, when you see him in person in a room full of people, your eyes go to him. He has his character down. He is imposing. He has that it factor that you can't teach. You know, I think that this may be a closer possibility than people might realize. Um, and we we can talk about this more as we get to the uh, Road to shows where we start talking about the announcements that Brandy's made. But I think that we're going to start seeing, especially... You know, they've, they're working with AAA, and I know obviously they're working with Impact, but they're, I think, free agents now. I know Scarlet is. I'm not sure if Killer Cross ended up um, with his contract situation being a free agent right now, um, but I, I want to say I heard that he did end up being a free agent. In any case, they do work in close proximity. They do have mutual interest. I think it's possible that we might be seeing them in AEW in, in one way or another, in the next year. Yes, and I I will be so excited about that. He, he like and he's a kind of a bigger dude. So and and that's why I I am not a big WWE everybody has to be 6-7 person or anything like that even though I do enjoy a nice tall wrestler. Uh but he does bring some size that I think that's lacking on the AEW roster right now. If I had For to, sure. yeah, it's like, so he's about six, three, I mean, between six, two and six, four, just, I mean, he's a pretty tall dude. And honestly being six, two is tall on this roster. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like being six, two, I'm like, I'm six foot and I can show you, I pretty much have a picture with almost everybody on the roster. I'm taller than most people on the roster. So being 6'2", six, 6'3", six, you're going to look different. That's why Luchasaurus at 6'4", six, 6'5", six, just taller than everybody on, on there because, yeah, he's like five inches taller than most of the people. I'm like, Cody's, I think Cody's about 6'1 and a half because he's just a little taller than me. So I, I think he'd be a welcome addition. Scarlett Boudreaux, I think she would be a different take that is not ref- really represented in the women's division right now. So she, I guess it would be called like, I think her character would be called sex positive. Am I saying that right? <laughs> Dude, I want to see Scarlett Bordeaux <laughs> go up against someone like Brandy Rose yeah. and like be like, be quiet. Eight, a ten is talking or whatever. And yes. I'm not calling Brandy Rose at eight. I'm just going off no, of Scarlett Bordeaux. Scarlett character. would call her a five. <laughs> well, I couldn't go that long. I, like, I can't do that. I'm sorry, but like for real, like seeing someone like Scarlett, I love her character because you know on on the surface, I feel like I should hate it because it goes for you know every attitude era stereotype of women in wrestling. But the difference is that it's Scarlett's. It's her creation. It's her ownership. 
she owns everything about what she's doing. And I think that's awesome. I think it's fun to watch her. I love her banter with other people. I love her character work. She and Sammy Guevara at Triple A uh, at Triple Mania, they were hilarious. <laughs> they were really fun together. They were great. They worked as a great team. They also apparently decided to like work in conspiracy theories <laughs> into their match somehow. It was campy. It was fun. It was ridiculous, but it worked. And it also worked again because of that energy that she exudes where she has this like sexual prowess and this confidence that isn't done at her expense, but is done for herself as her own sense of power. And I just, I love that a lot. Yes. And like I said, it was, it was kind of cool. AEW being not just the top four, but you know, you had Sammy G being represented, uh, on the show. I know he was worked with triple a before AEW, but still now he's kind of representing AEW. So I'm, I'm glad that he was there. I've heard the, the, the women's table ladder and chair match was nuts. Yeah, it was really crazy. It was a hardcore match, but I think there was also an injury in that match. So it was it was wild. It was yeah. absolutely wild. But dude, Tessa Blanchard, man, she is a freaking rock star. And everybody in that match was a rock star. Uh, Literally everybody in there just came out looking strong. It was awesome. It was badass. I loved it. Yeah. Injuries, though. Yeah, if you <laughs> ask me about Tessa... It, 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 she is on any most of the days my one of my favorite wrestlers, and I mean that like not I didn't say women's wrestler. <laughs> She's one of my favorite wrestlers, and it's like I there's certain type of wrestling I don't like, but when she's in it, I'll still watch it because I think she's just amazing and i was like i know she's with impact and i know she's doing her own thing, and I wish her the best, but if that ever doesn't work out. <laughs> like I like for me, I would immediately push her to the top spot of any women's division that I was running because I think she'd be just amazing at it. Like I wouldn't say she's on Cody level of me liking her, but she she's damn near she's close. She's yeah, close. She's amazing, <laughs> absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's gonna be really fun seeing who ends up stepping through the doors yes it's gonna be really fun and as far as women it's about to get really exciting we're gonna talk about that in a minute but it's just like yeah yeah it's uh yeah i'm really looking forward to what they got planned and who signs and you know that's the great thing about wrestling now it's like back when you know for a lot of years it was wwe it's like when are they going to wwe that, that was the only question, you know. When are they going to WWE? When is this person going to sign with WWE? And it was like, okay, once they left WWE, it was like, uh, where are they going to go? Are they going to ROH, New Japan? Where are they going to work? Because they all eventually working to get back to WWE. That's how it works. Now you have a no, new final destination. And I'm, and I'm saying, again, for wrestlers, that's great on both sides. I'm not saying one pref prefer one over the other, but... Now it's going to get intrigued when you see a new wrestler that you haven't heard of that, you know, hits the streets and gets really big. They actually have a decision to make now. They do. It's like because, you know, generally when you go to WWE, they're going to be like, you got to go spend a year or whatever in NXT. It's like and NXT, all intents and purposes, purposes are the minor league of WWE. Or you can come and be on the main roster of AEW who's also national, who's also travels, 
who also has a major TV deal. You know what I mean? It's just like they're actually on par now. Absolutely, and it's exciting. Yeah, it's Seriously just exciting. exciting. It's like free agency, and uh, if for anybody that watches uh, shoot sports out there, uh, uh, yeah. So anybody watches shoot, shoot sports, there's you know free agency is major league baseball and football. It's really exciting time of the year. It's when nothing's going on in the sport. It's still exciting. Now you have that with wrestling. When there's shows not going on, you still have that excitement of people going back and forth to the companies. Because, you know, eventually AEW is going to lose somebody to WWE. It's It, it goes without saying. And that's going to be exciting. And then occasionally you're going to get, you know, WWE losing somebody to AEW, which that's going to be exciting. It's gonna It's just going to be altogether more fun. What if we get someone from New Japan to AEW? Dude, I, you know, you know, and it was funny because it was like about a month ago and I was looking, I was like, you know, I was thinking Sonata because, you know, he is a, not, a, not a contract guy. Yeah, he's a free agent and they've been tossing him. Dude, okay, real quick. So for our listeners who are vaguely familiar with New Japan, um, Sonata is the only person to have one over Okada in the G1 so far this year. The only person. They have tossed him a very hefty, like, bone of, hey, dude, <laughs> we like you. We really, really like you. They've been pushing him this year with really big matches, really great star power, really great energy. They gave him Okada. I don't want to say they gave him Okada because, like, you know, you, you got to keep with like, dude, this dude worked his ass off for it. But still, he won over freaking Okada. That's huge. So everybody is kind of looking at Snot. I've heard rumors that there's WWE interest. There absolutely would be AEW interest. All I know is like, it's going to be interesting to see where these chess pieces move in the wrestling world of who goes where and where they come from. That's going to be really fun. Yeah, because it's like I was going to say before the tournament, Sonata's always that B level. He's not in the the four or five. You know, it's Okada, Tanahashi. Yeah. You, you, I know some of you might not know these names. I apologize, but it's Okada, Tanahashi, White. Uh, who am I thinking? Naito, Na- Naito and Ibushi. Those are the mm-hmm. five, and it's just like, yeah, uh, he's not really breaking into that five so i'm like well you could be the featured top japanese wrestler in AEW. it was like one of those people you know you have those questions with your friends if you could take somebody from each company who would you take and you know just like you can't take the top guy of course that's always the rule you can't take so you can't take okada i was like oh but it would be so fun (laughs) yeah so i was like you can't take okada okada's not going anywhere who else would you take and i was like i was thinking naito i was thinking of bushi and i'm like they're both a little, you know, Abushi's even though he looks young and he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, they're a little older. I was like, I would take Sonata because I'm like, he's still fairly young. And, you know, and a lot of people don't know a lot about him. And the whole monk character he plays, very shy, doesn't talk a lot. I think they could get it over. It, it would be something extremely different in America. It would be. That's been my my only gripe. With Sonata, and I say that knowing that that sounds super entitled to be like, my only gripe about you is your character. <laughs> it's, it's that it's 
it is so quiet. He is a blank slate. And, you know, the one thing that I really love about Sonata matches is that when he cares and shows up, that dude delivers incredible matches. He's had incredible matches with Ishii, with Okada. He's, I mean, really just delivered these standout amazing matches, even Yano. Last year's match with Yano is one of my favorite matches in the entire G1. But that is only really predicated on whether he decides to care. If he doesn't decide to care, then he does sort of embody this kind of tranquilo, like, meh, give or take kind of thing. And for me as a fan, if somebody is using that as their gimmick, if they don't care, it makes it hard for me to care. Even though I love his look, I love his skill, I love his outfit, I love everything except for when he forgets to shave that beard. (laughs) But, you know, as far as character work, it would be interesting to see if that could go over in an AEW setting, especially because it would be a contrast to so many other colorful characters that they do have. Yeah, I I think the only thing he needs to do in New Japan is lose it one time. Like, he lose and he just snaps on someone. Yeah. Yeah, just one time. Just to sh- fire. Yeah, just to show you he can, and then that would be the thing. Everybody would be waiting on him to snap, and I think I just think that would add a dimension to his character. But I kind of get, I kind of like the, I kind of, I didn't get it at first, but I've always liked his look. I've always liked, the, you know, the blonde hair and the mask that he mm-hmm. comes out with. I've always loved the look, but it was just like then when Kevin Kelly explained the character. And he was like, you know, that he's just quiet, you know, reserved. And I'm like, okay, not every care person has to be over the top. And I, I, mm-hmm. I, and I started really recognizing the subtleties in his character. Yeah, and he also doesn't show all of his cards. Yeah. You know, he yeah. keeps them close to his chest, and that's a great yeah. thing. So. Yeah, you don't know what pisses him off. You don't know what, you know, gets him going. I was like, you know, I, I get it, and I enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, so Sonata's, like, I've always said he's the one guy from New Japan that if you said, hey, you can't have Okada, who else would you take? I would take him. Lately, it's been Lance Archer because he's had an amazing yes. tournament. And I was like, well, he's American-based, you know. He doesn't have to work with us all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they could have a trade-off, you know? Yes. I'm like, he doesn't have to be there every Wednesday. And that's the great thing about having the big roster and only two hours. Not everyone's going to be on every show, which is going to keep people fresh. It's like I've noticed with a different company, like a wrestler's been gone for three weeks, and everybody's like, oh, is he hurt? And I'm just like, what's wrong with just, you know, giving him a break, you know? <laughs> <laughs> go away a month, come back, you know, kind of revamp your character. I'm like, it's a great way, especially if, like, you lose a feud with any company. If you lose a feud and you go away for a little while, come back a little more pissed off, a little more angry, you know, you can, uh, that's a great way to reboot a character. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Because you get that refresh and that recharge, and then you're ready to go. And the fans do, too. The fans get refreshed, and then they get excited to see you again, and you get this awesome pop. Or, you know, people are excited to see you if they hate you, and they're still going to pop when they see you. Oh, dude, yes. I like, I love, you know, I've always loved the great work of Heels. That's why I'm such a big fan of MJF. And it's just, yeah, a great, someone comes back and, and they know how to get under your skin in 2019 it's very difficult so 
you know, because there's a line that you can't cross. And like MJF, I don't even think he sees the line anymore. You know, he's crossed it so many times he that it, it doesn't <laughs> he doesn't even see it and it, it he for ends him the line it yes. just goes behind him yes, wherever like, he goes. It's like you, you know how you you know how you did something wrong, you say MJF wouldn't have even said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you went too far. <laughs> like uh, so yeah, no. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think, like like I said, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Of course, we are in between AEW shows, so we don't have a lot to talk about AEW wrestling. But somehow they're still in the news every day. Isn't that crazy? Absolutely. <laughs> they're always making waves and casting news and stuff. But dude, we've got some awesome news that dropped this week. We've got great announcements that were made with their road to. Um, was it Road to All Out show? I think it was the Road to All Out. Yes, show. that's where There's the big so news came happening. from. Yes, the and then of course they were throwing things back with being the elite. So, dude, Floyd, I know that you watched all these. I know you took awesome notes, and I know that you're going to refresh all of our memories on what happened, what went down, being yes. the elite as they threw back because this was one of my favorite episodes of Being the Elite in a while. It was really fun. When we talk about being refreshed yeah. and not seeing someone for a while, it felt like with this episode of Being the Elite that it was a good friend that we hadn't seen in a while, and it was great to see this style of episode come back. Yes, very much so. Uh, when I first discovered the uh, the Elite or Being the Elite, the show, when Cody was in the Bullet Club, uh, you know, I went back and watched some of the old episodes, and this definitely caught that type of tone so we get the bucks and kenny and they are talking about uh they're talking about this is the first time that the original elite is together just all alone and i was like did they forget brandon cutler was recording this no i'm just kidding <laughs> i know but they were all there and um uh, they were uh, they were all there, and he's like, "Yeah, let's throw back this episode." So we get the old intro to being the elite, and this is a lot of we got a lot of the travel blog stuff that we don't sometimes don't get it as much anymore. So we had the Bucks, and we got the Bucks said uh, that them them and Kenny, the original elite uh, against Jericho and the Mystery Partners, will probably main event the first show. Now I. I will have thoughts on that after I get through uh, get through talking about this. Uh, then we had they visit Kenny in his room after they get the wrong room. That luckily they didn't knock on the wrong room. Uh, they ordered a bunch of room service. They kind of sped through as he was ordering all the room service because the the person didn't understand that he just wanted uh, that uh, Matt just wanted a grilled chicken sandwich. Then he ordered eight diet cokes at like midnight. So. Uh, they're. I guess they planned on staying up. That's how the Bucks party. They don't drink, but they'll they'll go crazy on some diet cokes. Uh, they uh they they had a uh, what was it? It was like a cooked pepper. It was, dude. It was a chili Riano like wrapped in puff pastry, and they were like, "Oh my god, this." Food. <laughs> but uh, they were very honest that they they, were, they, were. they were like, "We don't try new food." Because it you don't know, cheap. yes. If you are, if you are people that, uh, if you if you know this, if you have, uh, like some of the people I know, a uh, kind of wonky digestive system. Yeah, yeah. You try not to try new foods because, well, especially when you're traveling. Yes, you never know like what 
the situation could be again for digestive things. I live very close to Mexico, so I'm very familiar with Mexican food. And so I was just yes. laughing. Yeah, like, yes. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I was like, I, I get free food at work. They buy us lunch because I work so many hours. And they buy us lunch. And it's one time someone was like, hey, you want to try this curry? And I was like, I've never had it. So I don't think it's something I should have in the middle of the day of work when you want me to be productive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I should probably stick with stuff I'm used to. No, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like. So they showed up at Triple Mania. Uh, the uh, they all they're all very impressed with the setup. They say they travel a lot. Sometimes they're in kind of rinky dink places. So the lighting and the setup for Triple Mania, they knew it was going to be a big deal, but they didn't know how big a deal it was going to be. Then they flash forward to in the ring. They are they do a kind of a skit about how much they want it i didn't know if this was referring referencing to something i tried to look it up online i did not try very hard so i didn't know what they were wrestling referencing they were just talking about how much they wanted and and then they would use very like kenny omega said he wanted it so bad he wanted to be here so bad that he left his garage door up <laughs> and just left i'm like hey most garage door openers are just pushing a button. I don't really understand it. And then uh, Matt said he wants it so much that he got his UPS delivery notice. And he didn't even check for the package because he wanted to be there so much. <laughs> and, and, and Nick was like, just, he's like, I miss my family. And he was like, what, your family? What? And he was like, how much do you want it? Nick's like, I'm going to show you how much I want it. Then he uh, does a uh, diving crossbody from the top ropes on the Kenny and Nick. And they, of course, did the I want more of that. And Kenny in his overacting and his overselling. I The only reason I noticed it is there's a, a New Japan podcast that I happened to listen to. And that's one of the guy's biggest complaints about Kenny is that he oversells. And I was like, it was just a little bit of that right then, which was actually in this setting was very funny. Uh, then for me... Uh, I have to remind you that I am an African-American man from Oklahoma. Something I saw really weird on the third viewing of the show. So they give Cody Mexican candy. I, I know you saw this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. So and he takes a bite. Now, that's good. He doesn't end up liking it. Then he gives it to Kenny. And Kenny immediately takes a bite off the same candy. Am I growing up? That don't happen. <laughs> I was wondering if anybody else was like, wait, dude, really? You yeah. Just share this? Yes, right, and they cool. just shared it. So in, in in my family, we don't share food like that between family members. You have to get your own. <laughs> see, see, we do, we do. But, like, I mean, that, that piece of candy is so tiny. Yes, like, yes. Did they only have one? <laughs> yes, and then... Kenny tries it, and then he hands it back to Cody, and he tries it again. And I'm just like, man, y'all are a lot closer than I thought. Exactly. Dude, they're just close, man. They're close friends. They've traded blood, sweat, and tears in the ring. What's up with the little spit? Nothing. Yes. It ain't no thing. Put yeah. Dirt off your shoulders. Absolutely. I was just like, as me, as how I was raised, I was like, and like I said, I watched it twice and didn't notice it. The third time while I was taking notes for the show, I was like, Huh. No, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, they did that. They did that. And it was like, and then he passed it back and he ate it. And I was like, huh. And I, it did so much so that on my little group on Facebook, I asked, is, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to put it lightly. I said, is this something white people do? 
Because <laughs> this is not something that the African-American people that I have been around would do. <laughs> they would make you either get your own piece of candy or you don't get to share this piece of candy. I actually noticed it back on, I don't remember if you remember the episode where they went to, to Mexico like the last time. And they oh, were trying to coffee. coffee coke and everybody yeah. was just drinking out the same can. I'm the, I didn't say, I didn't even notice it at all. Just like on this third viewing, all of it just washed over me. I'm like, this is just something they do. You know, I will say, uh, we do that with our friends, though, too. Like, if it's just, hey, do you want to try this? You try it. But, like, maybe when you're filming it, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, if, I, if I go to, uh, you know, like, happy hour with my, my, my girlfriends, yeah. and, you know, we each get our own drinks or whatever, if we take a drink of something and we're like, oh, this is really good, you want to try it? Like, we'll just, you know pass it around and people try it like that's totally a thing we do (laughs) yes and it's funny because when i asked my friends and kind of took my uh straw poll there was very much a racial divide (laughs) yes uh all my caucasian friends which i have a ton of them uh said hey you know no big deal depends on how close we are and what we're sharing all my friends of african-american descent no that's nasty That's hilarious. Yes, and like I said, like watching this, like, oh my god, they didn't. Yes, and I'm not like I'm not a germaphobe or anything like that. I even tell more than a germaphobe. That was just how we were raised. If somebody wanted some of your drink, you tell them to go get a cup and you pour a little out for them. You know, they don't put they don't put their mouth on your can. You know, (laughs) like it's guys are like civilized. (laughs) Yes, it's just like it's so weird, and it's like honestly, yours is more yours is more uh, convenient. (laughs) Yes, it's it's quicker. You just take a sip, and it's crazy. But it's just like if if like if let's say my friend came over the house and he had a can and he gave it to me in front of my parents, and I took a sip out of that. There would have been something said loudly. Oh man! Really? That's, <laughs> yes, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> there would have been like, "What are you? <laughs> why are you doing this? Uh, why is that?" So no, uh, I mean, I digress because that was my only like. But it was just like, "Oh my God, this is that's how you get to know a little bit of it, a little more about Floyd." Uh, if you are of african-american or uh descent and you disagree with this i would love for you to hit up at at elite pod because it's not that i'm saying they don't i just don't know anyone that does so it might just be the african-americans in oklahoma <laughs> you know i don't know it might be somewhere else it might be different everybody has their own things Dude, I, I kind of feel like we need to just run a straight poll on this. Right? I really just wanted like, to. Just but in <laughs> general, do, do you do this? Yeah, not, do you do, like, yes, yeah. no. And then <laughs> chime in in the comments if you're comfortable. Dude, did your black family, like, do they share stuff like this? Yeah. Hey, white people, <laughs> Yes. But like I say, it seems like an overwhelming consensus of white people are fine with it. It just yeah. depends on how well you know the person. I'm just like, I guess. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, it, it's just like that's. Let me tell you, that's original content. You're probably not gonna hear that brought up on any other elite podcast. I'm just saying. That was fun. I gotta say, that was real fun. <laughs> yes. Um, and then they show Bucks and Kenny going to the ring and highlights from the match. Uh, looks like Nick got pinned by Pentagon. 
They are in the room. Uh, flash forward to in the room. Obviously, it looks like it was before the show. They are celebrating the sellout, and they tease what cities they're going to do next. The way they did it is that they bleeped out and barred out what they did, and then they announced the cities the next day, which you we've already talked about, are Boston and Philadelphia, respectively. But they, that was kind of a cool way to get more, more people to watch. You know, you get your initial Monday, they get about 200,000 people watching it. Then those same 200,000 people tuned in Tuesday to see what cities they announced. Or like me, told Tiffany to, hey, would you tweet that out? Because I'm going to be asleep. I'm not going to get up <laughs> at 11 a.m. to see this. And But yes, that was being the leap. It was a very fun episode. It was 26 minutes. So it was a lot longer than the normal episode, which was the theme this week, because the next show, The Road to All Out Episode 4, let me tell you, this was my, probably my favorite Road to show. And and it's funny, because it didn't feature Cody, which is weird. Generally, that will make it grayed down, but this was probably my favorite Road to show as far as content and what they decide to feature, uh, we got Alex Marvez in the AEW Control Center. Uh, they showed highlights from uh, Triple Mania. Cody's team with Clay Velasquez and Psycho Clown were victorious over... Yeah, we talked about that already. And then they showed the Lucha Bros and uh, Laredo Kid. But let's get to the meat of the show. That was highlights. The meat of the show. Our, our queen, Brandy Rhodes, the first lady of AEW. She uh, announced that how they're going to decide the one of the contenders for the F- AEW's women title match on the first night uh, on October 2nd, on the first night of TV, is going to be they're bringing back the Casino Battle Royale. So, uh, to determine that contender, uh, she noted there is not 21 women signed to AEW, so they will anyone could show up. Uh, so they'll bring in some outsiders, uh, which was really cool. The first person they announced was Till Piper. She is the daughter of Roddy Piper. She actually started wrestling a little later in life. Um, from the information I see, no one's really seen her work. I don't think this is her first match, but she will be there. And she got her card from the dealer, which is Jake the Snake Roberts. So he was dealing out the cards and saying a, a little lines, and I thought that was pretty cool. And he, he dealt Teal Piper the card. And we got a little controversy. I don't know if you've heard about this. Jake Roberts was smoking while he dealt out the card. <laughs> Wait, was there controversy? Yes, that? like literally. So it's the Vegas casino. It's Jake the Snake Roberts. Like he's dealing blackjack cards. Literally, people were like tweeting out, you got a guy smoking. Like, you know, people are going to oh think that's God. cool. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Dude, Joey Janela smokes. No. Dean Ambrose, or Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. Sorry. Let me, <laughs> was smoking. Okay, like, so I don't, where, do we live in, do we still live in, I remember in the 80s, in the 70s and 60s, if you, you, you saw people in movies smoking that made kids want to smoke. But pretty much people know what smoking does to you now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's widely known how bad it is. So whether Jake the Snake Roberts smokes or not, whoever is going to smoke, whether he does it or not, 
it's not his influence at this point. Exactly. Besides, <laughs> you're talking about if you're worried about the children, you're talking about an old dude yes. smoking. Yes. Uh, like, oh, oh, yeah. To the kids. You yeah. know, like no. <laughs> It was just so crazy because I was like, yeah, I, it was like, I don't, I'm like, I, I don't, I, maybe I'm naive. I don't think we live in the world anymore where people copy what they see on TV. You just, there's so much stuff. You would die if you tried to copy what most people did on TV. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I don't know. It's like, I saw a pile driver on TV, saw a pile driver my brother or something. I remember <laughs> that. You That was something in the 80s and 90s. You know what I mean? But. I, I mean, it still happens. That's why we got people licking ice cream. But yeah, the difference yeah. is that people are going to be looking at the dude, you know, people on YouTube, not the people who are old dudes dealing cards in a casino. Yes, he's dealing out a card. It was yeah. done for effect. It is a it show. Awesome. Dude, it was Jake the Snake freaking Roberts. Jake like, the Snake on. Roberts, grizzled old veteran. Uh, you know, he, I mean, he looked cool to a sense, but he didn't make me want to go light up. <laughs> he looked awesome. Yes, he looked so cool. It was yeah. so cool. Yes, dude, yes. I just want to say this. Like, I know you're in the middle of talking about this, and I'm sorry to go on a tangent, but dude, how freaking awesome was it seeing Jake the Snake Roberts? This is what in we're supposed the road to do. show dealing out cards for the women's casino <laughs> battle royale. Dude, given the rub, man, it's just like they. I I have to say, I I don't say AEW does everything better. But their use of the veterans and the legends of wrestling is just second to none. You know what I mean? Huh? <laughs> I whispered. I was like, it's better. <laughs> yes, it's second to none. I'll say it. I mean, it's how good. they... I'm like, Tully Blanchard's... You, you're telling me that no other company... And I, like I'm saying, I'm calling out every other company. Could have brought Tully Blanchard in as a manager? The you know way what I mean? they do it, though, too, yes. it's not just bringing them out to get themselves over. Yes. It's bringing them out to put over the next generation to show their strengths, to show their knowledge, to show their prestige. It's taking all of this energy that they have, this excitement around a legendary career, and then choosing someone, handpicking someone to mentor them. That is the way that you use this legendary talent as you put over a new generation. They're not coming out their boot, lacing up their boots and then going to, you know, steamroll the roster. They're coming out to build everyone up and they're doing it in such a slick, polished way. The production on this is just amazing. Yeah, and I just like it was just so done and it was just like it gave them the rub. It gave the the uh, the Casino Royale Battle Royale uh very much, uh, it made it kind of cool. You know what I mean? A lot of people didn't like the first one. <laughs> and it's just like, it has changed kind of the dynamic of this one. So he then deals out the second card, and you find out it's Ivelisse. Uh, Ivelisse, who I'd heard many rumors that she was starting with the WWE soon. She is now going to be in the Casino Battle Royale. I am actually a fan. I've met her. She's freaking awesome. And, and yeah, uh, and she did a bunch of, she did Joker quotes from The Dark Knight. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> and then the bitch is back. And I only call her a bitch because that's how she refers to herself. I would never call this actual woman a bitch because I am afraid of her. Uh, Jazz, uh, her mask is like one of the coolest masks in wrestling. 
and she pulls it off, and she's intimidating. She's bald. She's the former. She is the undefeated NWA Women's Champion. She actually relinquished the title, and she got a card from Jake. And uh, then we get, and we get some kind of announcements of other people going to be there. But until they get their card, we're not going to talk about them. So it's Teal Piper, Evilise, and Jazz. They, those are the people that actually got their cards. That so. is awesome. You know, yeah. my husband and I, we were watching this, and he was thrilled about Jazz coming out. Now, she's completely new to me, so this is going to be one of those situations where my gap in watching wrestling will probably become very apparent. But I'm really excited to see her because everything that I have heard is fantastic. Her look was great. Her mask was great. Her energy was great. She is a confident powerful force yes. and so i'm really excited to see what she looks like in the casino battle royale and also whether she <laughs> sticks around yes she is a legit badass like seriously original ecw uh, chick uh wwe it was like she was one of the people they brought to the wwe and you you couldn't mess her up because you had to treat her seriously because she wasn't gonna she wasn't going to play any of the stupid stuff. I, I love jazz. I love her aura. Uh, the most like, uh, most comparative I got is like Taz. She just has this badass aura about her. It's just like, and she's like, I think she's close to 50 and she still has that badass aura about her. I'm like, like I said, I'm, I'm afraid of her. So straight up. And that's not even a kidding. She could tell me to do anything. I'd be like, okay, ma'am, sorry. <laughs> Jazz, Jazz is just one of those chicks. Uh, yeah, I met, I saw her at NWA seventy. Uh, she defended her title against Penelope Ford, I believe, and uh, yeah, and she won that match. And she yeah, she just looked as badass as awesome as ever. And uh, then we get a profile from Nyla Rose talking about being a lot more open about her transitioning and. I thought she came off as very baby face in this interview. What do you, did you think? Oh, absolutely. You know, the thing that I really loved about this was that it gave Nyla Rose a voice for herself, for her story, for her identity. One of the things that we have talked about anytime this has come up from the very get-go was that AEW didn't broadcast themselves on some PR mission about how great and you know they were about Nyla's story. They've given this platform to Nyla to address anything she wants in the way that she wants to do it. And I thought it was really wonderful to get to know her on kind of what felt like an intimate level, getting to know her her history, see pictures of her from her childhood, get to know her story through wrestling and also kind of get to know like her state of mind and where she was at when she got the call to go to AEW. I thought it was really great to see her as who she is. And I think that that's really going to ingratiate a lot of people to her character to her as a wrestler and to her story within AEW. I really loved the way that they did this. I loved that they put, you know, gave her the floor and let her just talk and, and say whatever she wanted about herself. I thought this was really sweet, and I loved getting to know her more on that level. I completely agree with everything you just said there. Uh, uh, I just, I'm a, such a fan. I thought this was such a thing, and it was just like she was talking about 
how the first group of people that accepted her were like the wrestlers in their her wrestling community. And they said once she uh once she transitioned uh that her actual personality came out more. And those are things that are like I tell people about my wrestling community and I just tell them how accepting and how loving most of the people are. And this was everything that I could just point to this video and like, yeah, like that's, you know, that's why I always say I have my family. Then I have my wrestling family, you know, and she was and the fact that how she glowingly talked about being accepted. is just like, even though we're fans and they are wrestlers and there's a different dynamic on both, you still get those same type of relationships. Oh, absolutely. And I think that she was right to point out that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think that it would be the wrestlers, the people who are very macho, the people who are, you know, they beef themselves up. You'd think it's the epitome of masculinity, you know, and they're out there beating each other up. You wouldn't expect the that the wrestlers would be the people who would be so open and welcoming. But if you think about the tight-knit community that they have, there's not a lot of people who know and get and understand their experience. And I imagine that there's a lot of solidarity that's based on hard work and ethic, you know, and work ethic and, and passion. And if you have that, and if you're there day in and day out, and you're, you know, helping set up the ring, and you're helping, you know, in the background, and you're also putting in the work in the ring, and you're supporting each other, that's a really wonderful thing to have. And I think that that's also something that we do find a lot in the wrestling community. Sure, there's bickering about, you know, promotions that people like or wrestlers that people like. And sure, there's bickering about five stars or seven stars or a billion stars or negative stars. But at the core of it all, we are all here watching this thing that we love, supporting these people that we relate to because they're working against whatever odds they face and they're succeeding in spite of the barriers that they have, no matter what they may be. And I think everyone can relate to that. And I think everyone unifies on those core strengths that they have together. Yes, absolutely. Uh, like I said, it's just, I, to me, it's like when I started going to mania and all that stuff and meeting my friends and made them from all around the world, it's just, it, it's just a, something that, I don't think there there can equate to. It's like I have wrestling. I mean, I have football friends and stuff, and it's just different with wrestling. I don't know why. I'm not saying we are the greatest tightness knit community ever, but I'm just saying it, it it is unique. And to see someone on the wrestling side of it experience that same type of feeling is kind of awesome to me. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. we do. We got a great fan base. We're fun. We yes. hang out. We support each other. We become friends. Then we meet each other. It's like we've known each other for years. It's great. Yes, it's absolutely great. Like I said, it's going to be cool to introduce everyone to my brother because, again, he's the one that started me on this wrestling journey at birth. Like I said, I don't remember not watching wrestling, and that's because of him. I yeah, so so I'm gonna I'll, I'll be cool to introduce my family to my other family. So that'll be yes, time. yes. Uh, we just got kind of breaking news. I guess at the Hog Show tonight, um, the Bucks were wrestling against Private Party. Uh, the whole Hog, <laughs> whole Hog roster came out and attacked both of them because you know they're AEW people. And uh, Hangman came out and made the save, and it was announced on October 9th. The first match on that show 
will be Private Party versus the Young Bucks in a first round match for the tag team title tournament. Breaking news, breaking news, breaking, breaking news. You will probably get that information on this week's uh, being the leak probably also. But you got it here first. The show that was recording while it happened. So That is amazing. We're going to get our first round yes. of the tag team tournament Yes. on October 2nd? October 9th. October 9th. Yeah, October okay. 9th. Sorry, it's I'm gonna... so like breaking news. Whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, Bucks versus Private Party in the first round of the tag team tournament on wow. October 9th. That we... is awesome. They're kicking it off. That's great. Yes, and, you know, with the women's match going on a second, that's what I was going to uh, bring up. That was the only thing I was going to bring up. So the Bucks, and I know nothing's card subject to change, nothing's final. So the Bucks and Kenny. Versus Jericho and his mystery partners to main event the show. I think that is great. But I think it would have said so much more if the women's title main evented the first show. Oh, yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. I, I just think if it's for a title and titles yeah. are supposed to be the most important thing, it should main event the show. Now, again, with it being mystery partners, there are probably going to be some surprise that breaks the internet of course it being on tnt <laughs> don't get me wrong i'm not saying it's gonna suck i just said it would have just made a more of a statement on aew if the women's match was the main event you know i'm curious to see who is going to be the content who are going to be the contenders for this casino battle royale for the women's championship tournament yes um because brandy said that, you know, there were going to be some new faces, they had people yet to announce, and that you might even see your favorite that you wouldn't have expected to see. I'm hoping Tess is in it and Jordan Grace. I'm hoping Impact allows that to happen. That and, would be amazing. And, I think Scarlet's going to be in it, too. Yes. And since it's a battle royal, them getting thrown out, it doesn't, you know, lose anything. They're not putting anybody over. It's just getting thrown out of a battle royal. So I don't think it would hurt them anyway. And since it'll be on TNT national TV, if they throw out, hey, these ladies are from Impact Wrestling, that would give their company the rub. And since Impact and AEW have somewhat of an okay, they have a okay relationship because, you know, Kenny Omega and, uh, Kenny Omega and uh, Cyrus, yeah, they are all they're friends. So yeah, Don Callis yeah. is yeah, they're all they're friends. They're like family. Jericho and Don Callis, they're friends. Mm -hmm. So they have that positive working relationship. So it only could do good to have them on there. And like I said, Tessa Blanchard's one of those people. Anytime I can see her wrestle, her and Jordan, I am absolutely there. They're amazing. So we may end up seeing something like AEW Impact AAA that mirrors New Japan ROH CMLL. Yes, definitely, and definitely. Um, I could, uh, yeah, I could see the NWA Women's Champion is Sienna. I could see her being in on the show. I'm mm. like, there's like pretty much anyone that's not signed with WWE. Yeah. There's a chance they're going to be on the show. Yeah, that it's going to be really awesome to see. I'm I'm really excited, especially because AEW has developed a trend now of having strategic surprises coming out 
at big shows and all out is their last show i believe before um they start with AEW on tnt so to have that be not only going back to the place where it all happens the place where it all began and you know the sears center where they have a plaque on the building commemorating all in like this is a a, a place that is close to the heart of all elite wrestling and the people who have created it there's that but there's also this is the last big show before they debut on tnt so any big surprises that they want to throw out to entice people to watch tnt i think we're going to see some big things happen at all out i i definitely do i also i think hopefully they got this whole the whole pox situation handled because i i in my mind i see him making some type of appearance at the show uh i because i think they wanted to have his stuff taken care of before tv started and i think they want to get their roster and get their buzz meter going and don't be surprised when you see AEW people on like every talk show that you've ever seen heading towards it but i'm really looking forward to what they're going to do they rarely disappoint me so yeah and yeah. we'll get to be there to see it live we, we, we do get to be there to see it live uh everybody in the crew tiffany sydney isa Andy, of course, duh. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, so we're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna all be there and I'm just gonna I I'm like I'm looking forward to it. It is liter- it is literally making every day at work feel longer. Yeah. <laughs> See for me it's a pleasant surprise because things are so busy in my house right now. Not to go on a, a tangent or anything, you know, we just we've got school season starting, we've got science stuff taking off because fall's heading back in, so life is hectic. And then every once in a while I look at the calendar and I'm like, dude, I'm leaving in like three weeks to Chicago. Oh my god. It's like this this wonderful dream that just hits me with reality and it gets so exciting. And then I get caught up in life. And then a couple days later, I'll be like, dude, we got like two and a half weeks. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so I am yes. so excited. Yes. Uh, did you do any of the meet and greets so far? No, I haven't. Although I did find out that Lance Archer is going to be at the, uh, oh, my gosh, I've forgotten the promotion's name. Ah, uh, the the promotion that he's wrestling with that weekend will have a table at StarCast. I presume that it will be at the Collector's Corner um, if they have something similar to that. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to hit that up. I would love to hit up Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And, you know, I, I, I really want to see what's available. So I guess I need to go to the website because <laughs> I'm not a meet and greet person. I don't usually do them, but this time, especially after doing StarCast last time and seeing what was available, I really want to do that this time. So I think as soon as I hop off of here, I'm going to go onto StarCast website, see what they have available still, and then keep my eye out for any more announcements. Well, the uh, next time you're on, because that's pretty much uh, next time you're on will be the 23rd. It will be the week before the show. So we will do a full uh, whatever I, whatever information we have, as far as I think the card will be done, we will do a full StarCast preview, what we're looking forward to, yeah. like we did before the last show, and when, then we'll do an all-out preview. So our next show with Amy will be the preview of that weekend. So that, that will be an action-packed full show, because what you'll get here is you'll get a lot of what shows and what uh, stage shows that will be going on 
at uh, StarCast because we both like to do that. I'm also a big meet and greet person, so we'll be talking about all the meet and greets available in the city. So even if you're not going to StarCast.com and checking it out, you can get that information here. Oh, absolutely. And I will be looking forward to seeing what your itinerary looks like this time around. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it is not going to be as packed. I Again, my brother will be with me. And, you know, I, I, he probably will actually want to see some of Chicago if possible. Yeah, I, it's not I, really my thing. <laughs> you know, I'm <laughs> usually standing in line somewhere. But I'm going to try to give him more of the experience. Uh, well, but it's going to be a lot of fun, man. We're going to have our go home show next week. We're going to get to hang out with everybody in Chicago. We get to see each other again. We get to see our hashtag AEW fam again. And we get to hang out with all of the wonderful wrestling fans who are all converging on this amazing city to see an amazing show and have an incredible experience together. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, just make sure you're following us on Twitter at AT Elite Pod. Um, there's actually going to be a surprise coming out next week about if you're not going to the show, ways you can watch it. And Ooh. that'll be for me. I haven't even told Amy that yet. And surprise. Uh, surprise. <laughs> and, uh, and make sure you are checking us out on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You would just put uh, search Social Suplex on any podcast app of your choice, whether it be, you know, what is it? Uh, Spreaker, Podbean, whatever. Apple. What, yeah, yeah, Spotify. Apple. Yeah, whatever it is, <laughs> put in Social Suplex. Bring up the Social Suplex Podcast Network. That's where you'll find us. I realized, I actually listened to last week's show. I realized I never tell people where to actually find our show. So, very oh, yeah. So, social suplex. <laughs> look that up on all your on your podcasting platforms. Also, check out some of the other wonderful podcasts that are on and available through Social Suplex because they have a great network for everything from New Japan to WWE to NXT. Of course, AEW. We've got writers. We've got content creators. It's a whole great crew of awesome wrestling stuff. All right. Well, for Amy. I'm Floyd, telling you whether it's homework or school, always do your best to be elite.